Escape the Rat Race with me, Lisa Staker, the Rebellious Coach. This podcast is all about empowering you to break free from the straitjacket of the traditional nine to five and pursue a life of freedom, purpose and fulfillment. If you're feeling stagnant and frustrated in your career and want to feel free and fulfilled, this podcast is here to reignite your passion for work and life by providing you with the resources and insights you need to take the leap and escape the rat race. So get ready to break free and start living life on your own terms. So welcome to this week's episode of Escape the Rat Race. And I am very, very honoured to have here with me uh, someone who I did my coach training with, and that's Michelle Parsons. Now, we've known each other now for, must be a couple of years. It seems, yeah. a, seems a while ago. Michelle's recently kind of taken the jump and left her corporate role and I will let her tell you all about it and set up her own coaching business so Michelle over to you hi well thank you for having me Lisa and yeah it has been probably two years since we first met so yeah I did my optimist coach training um, with you back in 2021 I think it was and I've been a coach previously so I originally trained almost 10 years ago over 10 years ago and it's always been like a side hustle. It's always been something that's that burning desire to get to and focus on fully. But I was always sort of in a good corporate role and everything, every time I wanted to sort of then push it forward, something came up and I kept on putting it off and um, yeah, pleasing parents by carrying on with the career ladder and all those sort of things. And finally, when I was um, with Optimus and yeah, upgrading my qualification, basically, I was really full throttle wanting to do this. But then obviously COVID hits. Um, I had child number one just before COVID happened. I had child number two, two years later when it was still going on. And since then, I've become a single parent as well. So it's never been the right time. And I felt very much tied to that salary until it got to the point where I just had to jump and I actually listened to somebody else's podcast and heard the phrase jump and the net will find you and I just had to put my whole heart into believing that and and so I did it completely unplanned just went to a meeting on a Friday with no intention until I was on that journey in the car to go to that meeting and um yeah just just did it so um so how did it feel when you did it I actually said to the uh, my senior when I did it, um, I was like, this is the most terrifying thing I've done in my life, but also I can feel that excitement in my belly. And yeah, just when I first left my previous corporate role, which I've been in for like eight years, to go to this business as a performance coach with Mercedes. And I knew that it wouldn't be the wrong decision because if it was the wrong decision and it wasn't the right role for me, it would force me into doing what I really wanted to do and what I knew I wanted to do. So um, no, it never was the wrong decision. And this is literally, it was the 11th of August and we are the 12th of October. So it's two months in and um, yeah, lots changed. <laughs> so you said therefore that you, you've been a coach for a while. So what led you into coaching in the first place? So I've got 20 odd years of um, automotive management backgrounds and um, about five of those years I spent with Honda in Plymouth and I was sales manager there for um, a team of about four salespeople plus our admin and relatives and everybody else. 
in that time, I went through the Honda Leadership Programme up in Slough, and it was a yeah six, eight-month course, and I was, I think, the second female um, to have gone through it. It was a very male-dominated industry, and I was always the only woman in the room. So it's a little bit different now. There are far more females there. But in that leadership program, I was introduced to coaching. I had a coach, and I was like, oh, I like this. I can do more with this. And with a huge passion for like fitness and like health and well-being, my original goal was to go down that aisle of um, yeah, being a, a fitness, health, weight loss, those sort of things. And through that, the the mentor that I had and the coach that I had, and the coach was actually also a facilitator at the Coaching Academy in London. So she led me into going on there, sort of two day, dip your feet in the water and then see what it feels like. And of course, I signed up for two whole programs, diplomas, <laughs> everything else off the back of it. And I did that. And I loved it. I love learning. I love to be having a project and a course or something that I'm um, digging into. Yeah, so since then, and that has been like 10 years ago, I've done um, just on the side, whether it's been fitness, nutrition, or just general life coaching previously. Then I also did my MNU nutritionist certification about four years ago, which is world-leading nutrition educator and probably one of the toughest courses I've done. Um, also Optimus, the ICF exam was, was tough, but um, in very different ways. And yeah, so then that led me into the performance coaching in the fact that I've always been someone who just strives. I want to be the best and get the, like, yeah, a pass isn't good enough. I want the distinction type. Um, But also in my career, that's also led me to like suffering from the perfection and the striving and going hard and going fast. So during the 20 years of corporates, I've gone through burnout a few times and high performance and burnout I see as two ends of the same sort of spectrum in the fact that being a high performer for too long can lead to burnout and the people generally want the same thing and the fact that they want to be productive and successful, but also it's that coping. So that's what led me to what I'm doing today. But had quite a lot of time where you were working and had the kind of coaching as a side hustle. How did you balance those? Um, in all honesty, not very well. <laughs> <laughs> when it was um, just me, so it was just either me and my house in Plymouth and maybe I had my dog, it was a lot easier because I had all the time in the world. In the last four years, it's been just literally putting in every little bit I can fit into the day or juggling hours Um the last 12 months with Mercedes was a little bit better because I was obviously a single mother at that point when I joined them. So they knew my working hours and I didn't have the opportunity in the evenings to give them my time. Whereas previously with my um, car care plan role, I would work up to like three in the morning, just doing things and yeah, pleasing my boss by keeping everything on target and everything else. So my stuff would always take a back seat um but then obviously with the last 12 months I've had two children in the evenings and by the time they go to bed it's like eight o'clock you've still got to get the lunches ready the clothes done and then if you sit down and try and tend to your own business you're not probably in the best frame of mind <laughs> or um, in the place to do it so it was hard and again there was some flexibility in the fact that I negotiated with the employer 
when I took on that role that they had to know what my end goal was and the fact that they'd come to me offering me the position in the business I said I'm not looking to change roles I'm looking to like build my thing up on the side to be able to leave where I was at at the time um so we did agree that I could have like my lunch hour I can advertise to sort of fill those slots and those sort of things but in reality it was really difficult because anyone who wanted me on site at one of the dealerships you had to fit in I had to say yes and every dealership was like an hour away from home so mm. it's not like I could just sit in the back of their showroom and do a coaching call so um again I was trying so hard scribing but not really moving it forward as quick as I needed to yeah it's, it's, it's a great thing to do kind of the side hustle to kind of build it up while you're in that phase to kind of leave work but at the same time it can be really hard it's it's almost that what you said before about kind of take just taking that jump and there will be a net there for you is almost what you have to do because in order to be able to kind of get a business fully up and running you really do need to kind of dedicate that time on it so although kind of the side hustle can be a I mean, you've done it for quite a while, but something you can kind of do to kind of build your confidence, it's not until you actually make that jump that you can really put every bit of your energy into it. Yeah. So definitely. how has the last two months been for you? Last two months has been, it just has gone past in like a blink of an eye. Um, I can't believe how it's gone you know, two months ago, but it's been great. Um, the biggest thing has been the time to focus in the fact that before I was always just giving it an hour here, a couple of hours there. Some things like the systems and um, website and like yeah, email marketing, all those sort of things. Pay attention to it for like two weeks when I had like two weeks off. And I literally sat there for two weeks doing everything. I felt like I, I knew the system inside out. I was even thinking like, you know what? I could be a social media manager. I could do this. I could do this because it was just, yeah, it became really natural to me. But then after two months, I've gone back to it. And like the beginning of when I was solo, and it's almost like, where do I start? I don't even <laughs> remember which way to go. I don't even remember which tab I have to hit. So yeah, to be able to sit down and pick up where you left off rather than try to work out where you left off, mm. that, that's been really good. Um, there's been lots of wins. There's been lots of hard times. Don't get me wrong. It's not all roses. Um, tech, not necessarily like um, tech, but yeah computers phones I've had a phone die and had to be replaced I've had a child break a laptop off the back of each other as well they're about four days apart so again that just stops you for a whole week while I'm waiting for a new phone to turn up trying to do what you can do in the background that doesn't rely on those those bits and pieces but yeah it's it's been good because I've got my family are now on board because they know how how much of a big brave move that was to, to leave whereas they've never really taken what I do seriously previously they were very much in the mindset of you've got this great job like why on earth would you ever leave different generation that's all used to having a title and yeah work hard get your pension (laughs) and then they don't understand it as well they've never Mm. lived in the world that we live in today and um yeah so it's been quite a learning curve for them yeah I think I think we it's sometimes hard to kind of think because things have changed the whole world has changed technology the demands on people are so different now to kind of there is that kind of gap you know that wonderful world you know I remember pre-internet world I remember pre-kind of mobile phone world and there's an awful lot of people who do remember those and it is 
yeah, it is such a change when you look at things. Or focusing on kind of on the positives, what have you most enjoyed about the last couple of months and starting your own business? Most. It is the freedom um, in the fact that I can I can do what I want. And there is, again, there's a flip side to everything, I think, as well. And the fact that there's the freedom that if I wake up and I suddenly have this idea, I feel creative or you're in the mood to be able to do that task. Mm-hmm. I can just do it. It's not um, rigid by somebody else into my diary. But also you have to be very careful on the other side of that of actually just, okay, now I don't fancy doing that and putting it off for ages and doing all the nice pretty things and losing a four-hour afternoon on Canva just tweaking and playing with colours. <laughs> Never done that myself. No, I think we all have. <laughs> so yeah, you definitely need that um, Yeah, those sort of boundaries and some um, sort of like self-control. <laughs> and those and to be fair like I know I mentioned this to you last time we met up in London but I can just sit here in my comfy clothes my trainers on and do my thing rather than having to get like a suit on high heels this used to be the thing that killed me every morning getting the kids to nursery I would toddle across this thick gravel car park with my heels on all suited and booted carrying like four bags two children dump them off and my shoes would get ruined within like two months and the other option was I'd take a spare change of clothes in the car and then I'm changing behind the steering wheel and it just added a whole extra level of just stuff yeah. and it was stuff that I didn't want to be doing because I didn't want to be in the job I was in so that is yeah probably my biggest win the fact that I get so much more done just by being comfortable and when we met in London, I think I said to you, because I woke up super late and I literally woke up five minutes before the time I was supposed to be leaving the house and I didn't have time to get properly dressed. So I just threw on some gym gear and turned up. And I was like, you know what? I feel really comfortable yeah. here. I could actually show up and be me rather than, you know, yeah. I don't do trains and transport and London's a long way from Cornwall. So <laughs> you want to be comfortable yeah. on that train? <laughs> yeah, there is something brilliant about kind of, when you actually kind of find yourself and what is actually you. I mean, you know, anyone who sees me, it's just like, I am me. This is what you kind of get. I turn off anywhere, my heavy metal t-shirts and my coloured hair. And if you can kind of just feel that and be comfortable in your own skin, you do, you do create time in your day and energy because you're not having to be that other person. And I think we, there's a lot of people who kind of go into their kind of corporate roles and it's almost like putting on a mask and dressing up to be, in that kind of even in that role so even if it's like an office that's casual you're still going in and having that energy to turn yourself into that role and it's it's, it's a lovely freedom to have so you alluded to this earlier that you know things were not always been you know not always been easy it is hard running your own business what do you find most challenging I find most challenging which bit do I find most challenging (laughs) there's lots (laughs) I've always worked from home for the last like, eight years. I've worked um, on like a field basis. So I would see my colleagues probably three or four times a year. I, I was quite good at um, like discipline and setting my day up and working from home and staying focused. So I've got that fairly mastered. But going back to what I was saying about doing the tasks that you like to do yeah. is a very tempting way to feel like you're being productive, but lose a whole day and not yeah. actually be doing the income generating like work and the tasks there's a little bit of that fear of putting yourself out there to begin with just because 
I've been on LinkedIn for 20 years. They've never really seen or heard of me. They just know that that's the female that's been the most tread for a long time. And yeah, I've just, I have smashed through those barriers now as well. And yeah, just being myself and not actually caring what I see because the hardest thing for me at the moment is probably that you're being consistent on LinkedIn. I'm posting three or four times a day. I'm doing lives. But um, we actually had a conversation last week with a um, guy that used to be a general manager of the dealership I worked at. And he messaged me saying, oh, Michelle, like, it's really sad to see that you're not getting much engagement with your posts. And I actually referred him back to a conversation we had about five years ago because on the sales board in the showroom, he said about how the numbers of vanity, but the profit per unit is sanity. And I turned it back to him. I was just like, you know what, Michael, like, if you were looking at my post and resonating with it and thinking like, yeah, like, you know what, I am absolutely on the edge of it. Would you be liking it, sharing it, commenting it? No, you wouldn't because you wouldn't put your hand up to everybody in your network and audience to see that you're struggling. And yeah, that's fine. What I go by is the metrics of what I see come in through my inbox. Um, Yeah. People who I've spoken to who I didn't, I know there's one person who contacted me and said, yeah, you almost had my name in your inbox several times last month. This happened, this has happened, this has happened. But I know her well, and I know that she's not liked, commented on any of the posts. So you know it's working in the background. So it's keeping up that momentum when you're not getting all that instant like gratification feedback. I think we are in a world, though, is we are so used to that kind of numbers of likes, numbers of followers, and we forget about the quality sometimes of what's actually going underneath your favor. I mean, the, the area I work in as well, I don't expect people to be in public to put their hands up. It's the messages you have in private and the conversations that you have that are critical. And it, it, it is say it's, it's those quality. So if you know, if you can be consistent, you are consistently then helping people. So, yeah, no, it's... Um... It, the other thing good. that's been a struggle was um, LinkedIn. Yeah, I went on to the freebie of the free month of the premium. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you come off premium and go back to like your standard free version, they really cripple you for it. Yeah. Like your reach, my posts literally aren't getting the impressions, but also um, you can't search as many people. Like I'm getting caps a lot sooner on actually adding connections and talking to people. So it was worth it for the month that I was on it, but... In hindsight, two months later, I'm still getting those notifications up. Upgrade. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, frust- a lot of frustrations with self- social media. I think that we relate to a lot of people. You know, it is something there, and it is about if you do get these, it's just that it's not you. It's it's them. It's that sort of thing, and just keep with it because everything that you put out there is there for ages. So if someone finds you, and you, they can go back through your posts. So it isn't like it, it is totally lost. They're still going to see the material that you've put there. Uh, it's just they're finding you at different times. Yeah, and LinkedIn is, I mean, that's where I hang out the most by, by far. It is, you are only ever one connection away of meeting somebody. And I've met some amazing people on there. We've got a mini series. I've met a lady called Claire, who's a HR manager of many years of experience running her own business on it now. And we're now doing mini series. So for the next three or four months, we've actually got, Friday slots talking about stuff that crosses over between high performance HR and well-being and burnout so and she's incredible and we just literally bumped into each other I commented on a post that I saw that one of my connections had commented on hers and then yeah friendships for life and yeah collaborations yeah that's what it's all about so 
you've been here for now a couple of months and you've obviously been doing kind of your kind of um, side hustle for many years there. So if you could go back in time and change something, what would you change? There's so much. <laughs> I don't think I'd have a four-hour podcast like Stephen Bartlett. But, um, the biggest thing would be like to, to really follow what you want to be doing because, again, I was feeling like I was following things that I thought I should be doing. Mm. And, like, the niche, it's never really gone away from sort of like the health and like performing but it has sort of taken a, a very sort of wiggly line through it all there's so much out there especially in the last four or five years there's so many people out there to download their freebies download this download that and whatever you do doing it consistently all of these methods will work but do one don't get shiny object syndrome and just keep on downloading new yeah secrets to success this that and the other try this method because you just get overwhelmed and Mm -hmm. then you never get started whereas by taking action will give you some clarity and then having that clarity you've got all the action to take off the back of it and it just snowballs um I literally just before we came on here actually I was upstairs digging out um something for a call later on and I found like folders and folders of all these like printed off pdfs of all these strategies and this that and the other and I thought like you know, I'm not even going to look through them. They're all going in the bin because I've got a simple strategy now, which I'm using. It's working and it will just distract me from from what I need to be doing. So it's a really good kind of advice for people to, you know, find find something that you feel quite, and again, it's, it's about being yourself that works for you. Now, for some people, LinkedIn will work. Some people, it'll be Facebook. Some people, it'll be other social media. Some people, it's going to be getting on lives. They're going to be, you know, their energy there. And for some people, it's just not their natural being. And it is going to be much better to be doing email marketing or, you know, face-to-face networking or leaflets. It, it could be, there's, there's thousands of different ways of doing things, going on people's podcasts. It's all going to depend on what's right for you. And when you find that sweet spot, that's when it's going to kind of come out. And that's when you're going to pick up the clients because it's go, people are going to know. They're going to know that that is your place and that is the right thing for you. So yeah, don't, yeah, the, the shiny object syndrome is, is a really hard one to overcome, but it's just be aware of it. So if you're kind of starting out, just, just be aware of it. Don't take, you know, advice from all corners, find what's best for you and stick with it. Yeah. And there's so many mentors out there as well and coaches. And I think I've, I've worked with a few along the way. Um, again, I would add to that and just really make sure that you're really comfortable with one, what they're actually offering because the amount of times I've paid for coaching and to find my way through this, but I've just been mentored or told you need to be doing this, need to be doing that. And again, it was, um, their way wasn't necessarily the right way for me. And there's a few people out there who are coaches in disguise or other way around mentors, guys themselves as coaches, but yeah, finding someone who really resonates that, you know, that you're going to have, you're going to be led through your way rather than being told exactly what to do. So thank you ever so much for kind of coming on, Michelle. I'd like to give people kind of an opportunity to kind of get a little pitch for their business. So do you want to tell everyone about what you do and how they can get in touch with you? Yeah, certainly. So I work with businesses and individuals um, to prioritise their peak performance whilst avoiding burnouts. Um, so that is in corporate mainly. Um, but also then I have my Reignite, which is a program designed for professional mums, um, purely because there's some content in there, which is only really relative to professional mums to, to get out of burnout. Um, whether you're on the brink of 
whether you're in there and you don't even realize it yet and um, you can follow some of my content and um hopefully that will yeah sort of clear your eyes a little bit so you can sort of see whereabouts you are in there but even if you're just suffering from high stress um it, it could just mean you're on the road to it and actually prevention's better than cure i'd like to be the barrier at the top of the cliff rather than the net at the bottom for you so fantastic and um we'll make sure that kind of the, the links and things to your social media and websites everything kind of go into the show notes so if you do want to get in touch with michelle please do look in there um and be in contact so th- thank you again for being on the show it's been fantastic having you here and hearing all about your journey thank you and i must add just before we go that i listened to your podcast just before i made this change and i remember listening to several of them i think i mentioned it in a live we had recently about the one big thing was yeah. the um that stood out to me was yeah, getting your family on board and your parents and things and as a very small little unit I've got I've got mum dad I've got my two boys having them on board was really really important and I really struggled with them yeah supporting me yeah. if you haven't listened to them all go back and listen to them from the start very helpful thank you thanks very much thank you thanks for having me Lisa it's always a pleasure to have a guest on the podcast and Michelle was no exception to this. And looking kind of back at the kind of the interview that we had, there was a main point that I would like to kind of bring out from it. And that is the fact that sometimes you just have to make the leap. In the kind of episode, Michelle kind of referred this to this as kind of making the jump and just trusting there's going to be a safety net there. And sometimes when we're making changes, we just have to do that. There's going to come a point where you're going to have to have a leap of faith, whether this is leaving your job to start your own business, um, doing something different in your career, changing careers, asking for a different work pattern at work. There's going to be a time when you just need to take that leap. And without taking that leap, things will not change for you. And it's very scary, but it's just going to be one of those things. Once you do it, you realise you will survive it and that safety net will be there for you. Also, the kind of the kind of eager listeners amongst you may have kind of noticed a few references to October. We actually recorded this interview back a few months ago. And since then, I just want to kind of highlight things that have changed within Michelle's life. She is now kind of honed her expertise, mainly helping automotive professionals to prioritise peak performance without burning out through one-to-one and team programmes. She still has the Reignite program and you can find out all her details on LinkedIn. The link will be in the show notes. So that's it for this week's episode of Escape the Rat Race and I shall see you next week. That's all for today's episode of Escape the Rat Race. I hope you found it helpful and inspiring and it has given you some ideas for how you can start taking action towards escaping the rat race to a life of freedom, purpose and fulfilment. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review on your favourite platform. And if you have any questions, comments or feedback, feel free to reach out to me using the contact details in the notes to the podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Staker. Thank you again for listening and I'll see you next time on Escape the Rat Race.